Hey everybody, welcome back to Author Ecke. For y'all that don't know, Ecke is corner in German, so it's Author Corner. And today we have Doug, who is a world traveler, and I'm very interested in learning more about him and his endeavors. So Doug, please introduce yourself and take it away. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I started traveling actually when I was 20 years old, and I just never looked back. I went around the States a lot with my parents. I, I did a trip to Costa Rica, which was my first trip out of North America. And then immediately afterwards, just hitched it to Italy for a year and traveled around, did some school, came back to finish college and was like, oh, I'm just going to go around again. I just have that travel. <laughs> That's awesome. it was, right. It was 2008 as well. So my prospects for finding a job after college wasn't really great so i was like this right. is perfect timing so i just right about it <laughs> yeah exactly and I, I started heading east i kept a travel blog just so my parents could keep up with it it wasn't something i thought about monetizing i just was like mm -hmm. this is the best way and only way at the time that i could really keep people abreast of what i'm doing and then i came back worked for a little bit decided this is not fun went to south america for six months then oh, got that was fun yeah, that was definitely a lot more fun than trying to. I went for a week and loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I just hit what Colombia and just headed southwest, try and make my way down to Argentina, and then made my way up back up to Mexico. I flew to Mexico. I'm not gonna make it sound right. like I did a boat Hiked. or drove. Hiked. <laughs> yeah, so flew to Mexico, did some yeah. time. Then I got into grad school writing for writing, so I did an MFA, and that's really when I solidified becoming a writer where for so long I fought it thinking there's no future there, but really it was the only thing I wanted to do. Only thing I had skills in doing was like yeah. that or talking. So then I could do both. Why not? You can talk yeah. into word now and write at the same time. It's amazing. And I do that sometimes, especially dictating notes yep. when I'm walking around my block or something with my dog yeah. it's, it's such a godsend. So I, I did grad school. Then I went to Africa for six months and it was around that time, right before I left for Africa, I, I actually found a job on Craigslist. It was, hey, have you ever been to these areas of the world? Write like a paragraph or a page about your experience. And so I just responded to that using that travel blog that I never used for anything else. And they're like, oh, great, you're hired. Let's work with this. So I freelanced with this company, this travel company for years. So I was just traveling, writing for them. I was able to make it a career for myself but i was always still writing novels in 2014 i wrote uh what was it It was between 2014 and 2015 i wrote seven novels for a book packaging company so Holy they came up with the ideas right like the major idea they came up with and then i came up with the arc for every book i came up with the characters for every book so for six of those books, it's one series called Deep Freeze. And the seventh book was a part of a separate series called Freshman. And yeah. I just hammered it out. It was a very great learning experience for writing for different markets, for how to write for a deadline. Also understanding how much you might miss when only writing for a deadline. Yes. And But I've ever since, I've still been working on my thesis from my grad program, uh -huh. which is Life Between Seconds, which is the book coming out in November 15th. So it's my newest oh, book, except for release. Very excited. But I've been working on that since 
since 2013. So it's been nine oh, years. No, because no deadline. Exactly, right? <laughs> it was That thing was a beast just in terms of, that taught me, the other books taught me how to write for a deadline and write mm-hmm. towards a certain audience where Life Between Seconds taught me how to write for the publishing industry, right? How to query right. things, how to take my time, how to wait for a response, how to keep working while I'm waiting and like the yeah. things I need to do to make sure I'm not just twiddling my thumbs for yes. months, waiting so for you do, you do a lot of research. What I found is I do a lot of lookup of words to make sure that I'm doing it right. And then I also do a lot of research to make sure that what I want to put in there, even though it's fiction, is somewhat factual or based on something of fact. So do you do a lot of research and, and how do you do that? Hundred percent. So life between seconds. Part of it takes place during the Argentine Dirty War. So it's nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, when the junta really was disappearing a lot of students and people who were dissenting against the government. And really only learned about it when I was in Argentina and saw the Madres de Paz de Mayo, the mothers of children who were disappeared. And so every Thursday decades they would march silently holding up signs holding up pictures of their children trying to continuously call the government to account where are my kids where's my family where's my husband and it moved me so much that i wanted i took a deep dive into learning more about what happened what the perspectives are all these things so i could instill fact into my fiction right yes it makes it your fiction i was at a book signing this weekend and this is twice this has happened up Tell me about your book. Right? So I started telling about the book, and by the end, the lady was like, "Is that real?" Well, yeah. No, but it's good fiction. <laughs> exactly right. The best is the best fiction. The best lies are based yeah. on. Yes, fiction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. So you write in the, uh, for travel, but you also write your own novels, yep. and then you're also writing a thesis. Your hands have got to have carpal tunnel, or so you got to be taking a lot of Advil. Not yet, but I, I do think that they just always look like this, no matter what. But that's where you shake hands. Hello. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I shake hands shake like hands a like, like a woman in Regency England. I'm just putting my hand out like this. <laughs> that's crazy. So your book's gonna be out in November. Yep. Are you self-published or did you publisher? If you're self-published, what have you found the experience or, or even through a publisher? Yeah, so I'm actually going through an indie publisher. Uh, my, my journey was, I have nothing against self-publishing. It's just not the journey I wanted to take at this time for this book. Mm-hmm. So I was querying agents for years and a couple times I had a few bites and I was really excited, but they weren't, but they didn't pan out the way I wanted them to. One wanted me to remove, I love magical realism in all my work. Mm-hmm. And one wanted me to remove that from this. No, that's not. I'm not ready for that. That's really important. Right. To me. Another one just didn't have the same perception of what kind of the book could or should be. I just kept going at it until finally I thought I'm spending all this time trying to sell my book to one person who's going to try and sell it to a publisher. So why don't I just try to sell it to the publisher on my own? I know all the steps I have to take anyway. Exactly. And I found a few indie presses and one that sounded really good. And I love indie presses for a lot of reasons, but one, I was able to keep a lot of that artistic integrity, a lot of the things that mm-hmm. I wanted to do. I have a very particular voice. I love playing with punctuation and just like right. you looking up words, but using words yeah. very specifically, even if it might not be the best word, but I like the way it sounds better, I'll use it. 
I do the same thing. Like yeah. I hear a word, I'm going, I'm gonna have to write that down. I like that word. Yeah. Because you don't hear it often. I'm gonna I need to put it in the book somehow. Exactly. So you go, okay, now I just want to make sure. Yeah. I will take that word out on a date and I will just yep. leave it for a while. Cause that, but that's, and I'll do that. So I was able to keep that in there and a perfect example. There's one chapter in life between seconds. That's it's about three pages, give or take, but it's only mm-hmm. two sentences long. So it's just all run on sentences, but I love it. It's like really impactful and it's supposed to right. be, you're supposed to be reading it and just, sucked in because you can't take a breath where i've shown it to editors that work in larger publication areas and they're oh they tear it apart and this needs to be here this needs to be here no it's completely removed from context and removed from what i want it to do in that space where working with the indie press gave me the power to say yes this is exactly what i want they didn't even say boo about it they yeah i want your artistic expression right that's that's how you want it it's yeah. these little things, these little things yeah. as an author, like whatever you're writing, whether I've had friends that wrote romance or friends who wrote military, and there are just mm-hmm. little things that everybody connects with that they really want to keep. Yeah. And that was mine. A two, a three page, two sentence chapter was mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the way I talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's awesome. So when do you find time? I mean, so you got a, you have a wife, you have a dog. When do you I also find have a time to write? And a cat. So. Oh my God. Yeah. So finding time. It's yeah, finding time is key. I actually when things shut down in Los Angeles and I was so I'm a travel writer by day and without travel years. There was no travel. There was nothing I could do. So I'm piecemealing together jobs to keep my to pay rent, to pay utilities, whatever it is. And at the end of the day, I was just so exhausted. Put my daughter to bed. She was an infant at the time. Now she's mm-hmm. three, which so it's even harder. Uh, and so I was exhausted. And my wife and I want to spend time together. And it's like, what a, I don't have the energy to sit and write for an hour or two and finish a book. But what I found was 10 minutes. I only needed 10 minutes a night. And so for six nights a week, 10 minutes, I would sit at my computer and just gamify. How many words can I do? Can I get a complete chapter done? Can I... Interesting piece all these chapters together to see what works best. And I was able to complete revisions that way for life mm-hmm. between seconds. And I was also yeah. able to complete a, another novel, like finish it in full and sell it just wow. by doing 10 minutes, six nights a week. And that's worse for me. And now, now I have trouble if I do more than like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't concentrate. I can't focus yeah. for this long of time. That's like me in the afternoon. I have to do it in the morning. Yeah. Unless I really want to finish it up or finish a thought, I, mean, I have to do that. But you, what you've done, you've done, like the gamification, right? Everything is gamified, right? Business, exactly. everything. So you've just internally gamified it and you want to win every time. Oh, yeah. And luckily yeah. I do. So yeah. that's <laughs> the game I can win. It's done. So <laughs> evidently you won. So have you started, like, think of another one? Or no, marketing is tough. Marketing. I would have to say, marketing, I heard yesterday, I went to a local library writing group. It's like over a million books a year put on Amazon or some oh, wow. number like that. I don't know. I'm not for sure. Uh, but that's a lot. Though yeah. marketing it is tough. Branding yourself is really what you've got to be able to do and want to do. Yeah, that that is, I'm finding to be the most difficult part. Even with so many books under my belt, 
with the previous books that I've done, it was in such a way that I thought, oh, I don't have to market these. I will be very upfront now. I have made every single mistake you can as a writer. And I just learned well, from me it. too. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> I've made it. I've done it. Sending the same cut and paste query letter to agents and making it obvious. Done that. Doing the right. same thing for grad schools. Done it. Not marketing my books, thinking that the marketing department at the publishing house is going to take care of it. Done it. Failed miserably. Exactly. Like, yes. Either. Yes. And you learn. And so what I'm learning now is exactly what you said. The beast of the marketing department. And I work technically as a travel writer. I work in the marketing department of the travel company I work for. And I still, <laughs> Sweet. But it, it's right. So I know certain things, but still in like mm. book marketing is so different. And yes. I'm also finding it to be super expensive. Everybody just comes out of the woodwork saying, oh, pay me this, oh. or you need to pay for this. And I'm just what is I've happening? had more people reach out to me that are experts in everything book related. I'm like, there can't be this many. Yeah. So, I didn't even know there were that many departments. So I'm like, I personally love, do it, love some people, pay. I don't. I try to, I, and a lot of authors are introverted, right? Yeah. Me, uh-uh. I am extroverted. I will talk to anybody all the time. Yeah. But I, so I think that helps. But you're right. The market, the marketing is tough. So how do you market? Where are you going to market? Where are you going to put your dollars? How many dollars are you going to put towards it? When do you know it's successful? When do you not know it's successful? When do you punt? Yeah. You can go through a rabbit hole and end up with a bunch of books at your house. The kindling, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's, in that case. Which I'm sending to Europe right. because they did, they made bad decisions on their energy. So I'm actually taking a bunch of books with me to Germany for Christmas. And I think I'm just going to burn them. Oh, there you but go. in a good way, not a bad yeah, way, not right. a bad way. Not sell, a bad way. <laughs> sell them as kindling. Yes. But read them first and then throw them in the fire. And... Read them, leave me a review, then burn them. Burn them. Yeah, you, should, <laughs> you should just retitle the book, Burn After Reading. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll put me on a plane right out of there. But <laughs> no, so I like the, how you do the 10-minute thing. I think because all writers struggle, I think, with the writing block, or yeah. when to write, how to write. So I like to write in the morning because I'm more creative, I think. I, I, I like just to hammer some stuff out. And then if I have writer block, what I'll do is I will then do edits. Oh, nice. not, I don't, because when you edit, oh, I need to put something here. Yeah. This would be cool. So how, how do you edit? Do you do like all at one time or piecemeal or how does that iterative process go? Yeah, I edit all at one time, but I have to print everything out. I cannot edit. I'm the same way. Are you? I yes, I got a bunch of paper. You edit. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. I have, I have, if I can pull it out, I have so much stuff in my desk, but like I have, this is like my latest, just this box of- Oh yeah. Paper, and that's one book that I finished that I need to edit again. I have, I usually do probably between five and 10 rounds of edits mm -hmm. because the first one, I don't write linearly. I write modularly. So I'll just be like this chapter- sounds interesting. So I'll just write that chapter. And then the next okay. one that's interesting, I'll write that chapter. And then when I feel like I have enough chapters put together, then yeah. I print it out, piece it together like a puzzle. This sounds like it goes here. This sounds like it goes here. And then I look through, see what I'm missing and be like, okay, now I have to fill in these gaps. Then when it comes to revision after the whole thing really is finished, there's a beginning, middle yeah. and end. 
Then I'll go through and do the same thing. Setting, character, plot. Is it all fitting together? Is it threading? Oh, I have to, I mentioned this on page 150, but I actually need to put that on page three. Or so you need to follow up. You need yeah. to follow that, finish that, whatever the action that person does. That's interesting. I do the same thing. I print it out. And I had so much paper. I'm lucky they picked up my trash. What is this okay, guy? You should know? take that to Germany with. You only have 55 pounds. You only have 55 oh. pounds per luggage. So. But yeah, good point. <laughs> so that's interesting. Because I, are you, do you write an outline or do you pants it? I pants it. I generally know where I'm going. Generally. Right. But then if a ending presents itself, I'll just write the ending and then I'll figure out, okay, now how do I get from A to Z here? But when I, sometimes I might do an outline, like with those seven books that I originally yes. did, I had to do an outline. One, they required it. But two, I had to do so much so fast that I needed mm -hmm. to know where I was starting and where I was going. But mm -hmm. generally, I don't really feel an outline helps me because I stray from it so yes. quickly. Yes, so, I'm saying not that. I'll write. Uh, I'll write the. Some, I'll write the end first. Oh yeah, and then, but I probably won't use it, and because then I want to do the first, the first part of the book, the introduction or the setting the scene, and then as the book progresses, I may use portions of, of the end that I did, or I may rewrite the whole thing. Yeah, but the book would work either way. But how do I want to end it? Do I want to kill off a character? To me, that's like man, that's tough. You know, oh, <laughs> the hardest know, part. I birthed these characters. I'm not to kill one of them. That's all. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Dude, I had to do that. I had to do that with Life Between Seconds. There was a character I loved her, right. but after one third of the novel, she disappeared. Like I didn't kill her off. I didn't. I just did nothing with her. She didn't show up. So I was right. like, then there's no point for her, and I have to get rid of her. But after losing her for maybe two or three drafts, I realized, oh, she doesn't need to be throughout the one third. She just needs to be in this one spot. So I get to keep her in a small section. Mm -hmm which made me feel better but still it was i you have to do it otherwise the book's yeah. not going to work or not going to be as good exactly exactly no I'm, I'm i'm like that too i'm like eh. oh okay <laughs> let's yeah. think of the most hideous way that i can knock this person off to give a little bit of shock value <laughs> <laughs> i also i love what you said though that you can even that you could even use some of your ending sometimes because i i feel like a lot of writers are afraid that they're either going to have to scrap something completely or use mm -hmm. completely. And they don't realize that, Oh, well, I can take bits and pieces of this. Oh, and yeah. it works here where I do that all the time. And I love that. Yeah, I do. I'll like, I like to walk in the morning, listen to music and I'll think of something. I'll get back and I have a section at the end of the book in the word document It's called stuff. And I'll just jot something down like a, a phrase or a sentence or a scene, a real a quick synopsis of a scene and then as I start writing again, I'll say, oh, I can use, let me go back here. Oh, I could use that. Let me put it in there. Nice. So it is a poor man's outline of some sort, or uh, it's a free flow of thought. They, I like that better than a poor man's outline. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I do like to do that. And I use that. And then I, when I'm writing, like I'm writing my second book now, I go, wow, now I can spin this character off and they could do something. And it becomes... A different type of thing yeah is your second book related to your first book or is the it... same team yeah but different scenario that it's actually two plots that come into one at the end nice so, <laughs> let's see <laughs> no, i'm not saying i'm saying i'm already intrigued 
But then the trick is to make sure it all. And, and I already, I can coalesce them at the end. I've, I've got yeah. that, that figured out. So what do you do in your spare time other than travel? So I like to travel myself. I've been, oh shoot, all around Europe, Egypt. I just came South. back from Egypt, actually. No, that is, that is overwhelming. It's absolutely, when you go and you go, oh, you go on a vacation, you go, I'm going to relax and everything. You get there, you go, oh my God, this is just, the history is, and uh, how old it is. I go to anywhere in the United States and look at a building, it's probably less than 200 years old. Yeah. Now you go to Egypt and you're seeing things that are 4,500 years old. Now you can go to California and I think look at General Samuel, right? That big tree that's 4,500 years old. And if that tree could talk, he could tell you everything that's happened in the world since he was a, a seed. And every significant thing in the world, civilization-based, he can talk about. Now that would be interesting for a tree to talk about history. You might have your next book. Oh man, I didn't find somebody likes trees. <laughs> there was a book I read. I think, what is it called? I think it's called a, maybe a brief, not a brief history of trees, the secret life of trees, something like that. I just read it recently, but it there is a tree that has its own perspective and kind of explains these really interesting uh, traditions from Cyprus. And so it was this whole oh, that's cool Cyprus during the troubles. So it was really yeah. Yeah, it was a beautiful book, but it was similar just in that idea of a tree yeah. telling you the. I'm about to put that in this bottom section of my current book to see. Yeah, <laughs> how so, yeah. It No, there's. I love the thing about <clears throat> Egypt that, that fascinated me. Other than the history itself, yeah. right? But the perspective that was brought when they found a Roman villa, the ruins of a Roman villa, right in front of one of the temples, and. Oh, wow the when the ruin of the roman or when the roman villa was built the temple the egyptian temple was already 1500 years old so it oh, was yeah. a ruin it was a ruin it was a ruin to the roman <laughs> so yeah again like it just the enormity yeah of it is amazing right. but it's, the people are great they're yeah. fantastic right. <clears throat> so what i found out i was in the army at the time but i found out they like to like to barter oh know? yeah money to the, it's, so and I found out they liked a ballpoint pens. It's good, something good to barter with. So I had 200 of the U.S. government skill craft pens. And what I would do, I just give them out. I'm guaranteeing some will probably still use somebody writing on an old government skill craft pen, their name or something. Oh, receipt yeah. or whatever. But that's I wish I'd known that before <laughs> and I would have been like looking out for it. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I don't know how, my wife went before I did and she goes, yeah, they like ballpoint pens and stuff. Like, hmm, I get some of those. <laughs> awesome. all over the place that's great great so your books when, what's the title when's it coming out and where can we potentially get it yeah life between seconds comes out november 15th it's all over the internet which is nice so you can find it on amazon barnes and noble target you could even find it on target the publishing house is history of press so h-i-s-t-r-i-a.com small indie press yeah. so it's great. Honestly, I was, I think I ran around my house screaming so loud that my wife thought I was having a heart attack <laughs> and I saw that it was available like on Target. So, Whoa, yeah. on Target. That is very cool. When I told my wife I was writing a book in Friends, they told me to stop drinking. So <laughs> yeah, but That would have come second afterwards after yeah. the, dying. Oh. Yeah, but then you, you tell somebody you're writing a book and if you tell somebody, then you got to finish it up or they think you're just BSing. I had to. Yeah, the accountability is real, right? Yeah. 
That's why I tell when I told people I had one in one of the books, one of the seven books, I wrote the dedication to my friend because I was like, see, I told you I was writing a book, basically. (laughs) So what advice would you give an author or somebody just attempting to start their novel? What kind of advice would you give them to kind of get them through the hurdles and the pitfalls and some things that you've learned over the years? Yeah, it's been when you say it like that, I was like, oh, man, I do have to remember. It has been years now. Yeah. I'll give a person for perspective. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I I would say make it manageable. I I think that especially coming in as a new writer, people have these expectations. Oh, if I write 10,000 words a day or 5,000 words a day, every day for X amount of days, I'll have a novel ready. But it's not manageable and it's not something sustainable where the 10 minutes worked for me. It might not work for everybody. Maybe somebody has an hour. But what I do know is, When I first started writing and I could do four to five hours at a time, that was great, but it wasn't sustainable in my current shape. I evolved from that because of current circumstances and I made, I found what worked for me. And so what people have to do is they have to find what works for them. What keeps them accountable? What gets their butt in the chair Mm -hmm. and what keeps them focused rather than, oh, I'll go on Facebook for 10 minutes or let me track my playlist. Like I only have three songs that I listen to. I only listen to them if I need to. I have one on repeat the entire time I'm writing. So I'm not sitting there shuffling things. So you can write and listen to music or something, right? It's not music with words, but usually it's the tone that I need. So if I'm jumping in and I have 10 minutes and I got to get a certain feeling, I don't feel that way. I have three different, like one's a happy song, one's a sad song, one's a fast paced song. And so right. I'll put it on repeat, one of one of the three, and I'll just go. And that just gets me in that feeling that I need to be for whatever scene I'm working on. Interesting. But, yeah, it's, but it's not words. It's classical music or yeah. one of those intense soundtracks from a movie or something. Interesting. Because I can listen to music and write. Yeah. I can watch TV and write. Good, yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, I've done it, but... <laughs> I wouldn't say it was good. I wouldn't say it's a good job. No, I go back and edit. For, uh, yeah, there you go. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll write something. My, my, because my brain's working so fast, I can't type that fast. So I go back and read it. I'm like, I don't even know what I said. But, yeah, I, I have those moments too. Yeah, it was. So apparently Hemingway didn't say this, but people say you said it. So yeah. I say it anyway. But it was, yeah. uh, it was write drunk, edit sober. <laughs> and he only did 500 words a day. Supposedly. Yeah, but he, and he did it what, 4.30 or 5 o'clock yeah. in the morning? So the truth is, yeah. he was either, he would not drink that early in the morning, so he wasn't <clears> drunk when he wrote, but right. if he, he was probably still drunk from the night before. Yeah, so he wrote, and then later he edited before he went back out. Yeah, exactly. So what about writer's block? What do you do for writer's block? I want, have it. Yeah, I get it, but my two best things for writer's block is I take a walk, I love walking anyway, and then I was living in San Francisco for a few years, mm-hmm. and then traveling so often that just walking is great. You explore new places, yes. you find new things. It gives you a chance to just be outside of that frenetic of, I need mm-hmm. to check my email or check this, or someone's screaming for me. So I love walking. Or I'll also pick one paragraph from some book that I love, and I'll just rewrite that paragraph over and over again until I find my own words. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So that generally works for me, but I only give myself a few minutes. I won't do that for a half hour. I'll do it for, all right, I have, especially if I'm only doing 10 minutes, it's like I have two minutes to copy this down as much as possible. And, but it works for me. So do you have a favorite author? 
I don't have a favorite author anymore. I have a few authors that I love, mm -hmm. but like when it comes to copying down that paragraph, I always do the first paragraph of a farewell to arms. Always. I don't know why, but about 10 years ago, it just stuck mm -hmm. with me. I really like the rhythm of the sentences there and it's familiar and the imagery is the imagery is so present and atmospheric, mm -hmm. even though it's so sparse. So it helps me get into things. But I wouldn't say like Hemingway is my favorite author or anything. Right. Yeah. How about you? Me. No. <laughs> That's such a good I thought answer. you were going to say Travis. So, but no, no, I should have. I should have. But no, I, your I, answer uh, was better. <laughs> I like uh, reading uh, Clive Cussler, Tom Clancy, Dan Brown. So I used to edit, tech edit, Microsoft series uh, technical books for Q Publishing back in oh, the day. Oh, wow. That sounds intense. It was fun. I mean, sometimes I'd get a Word document that was almost done. Sometimes it would be just better, raw. So I'd have to go in there and look at the diagram and everything. And then they reached out to me one time. I said, hey, Travis, if you want to help write a book on the Windows 2000 Security Handbook is what it's called. And I go, yeah. I go, what do you want me to write about? And she goes, Kerberos. I go, oh, heck yeah, I'll do that. And I got off the phone. I was like, what the hell is Kerberos? So I had, to do, I had to do all the research for the darn chapter. And so it helped me, uh, you know, to, to figure out what it was. That's, you know, the kind of work I, was, I did at the time. But it's interesting. And then I didn't do anything for years. And then all of a sudden, 1st of March, I had an idea and I decided to write it. And that's what happened. But yeah, so I, I like a lot. Of, I like reading technical books. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, too. So it kind I of would hope so, given, given your years editing tech books like that. That's important. Yeah, just the technical part, not the written part, but the tech. Because it was interesting because it makes you ensure that when you do talk about things, that it's correct. Yeah. It, I still have some of the books too, with my name in there and everything. That's it was awesome. pretty interesting. I'm sure it also gave you a really good foundation to, you probably already know this going into that, but the foundation of how things work, how things are connecting, making yes. sure that things are building and appropriately fitted where I don't yeah. have that. Like my, I, I don't, my details are not, even though I put it on my resume, great attention to detail. Yeah. No, not me. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible about that. When I wrote the book, first thing I did, I started looking through all the contracts because I wanted to reach back out to the lady I was working with at Q Publishing because mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about publishing a book. You know, yeah. I looked her up on LinkedIn or I think I got rid of them all. And, oh, I got to start from the beginning of figuring out how, I, how am I going to get this book out? Because like you, I just don't think I have the wherewithal to do a self-published book. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. So I got a publisher. It's, like, it's just easier for me to do that because now I can concentrate on other stuff. But the marketing is key. Long, right? Yeah, the marketing is key. I tell everybody that if you look at a pie, you divide the pie in three, one third is a book. The other two thirds, that's the marketing. Yeah. That's... That is getting the book out there. That you see all these events, you can go to the right event. Just don't go to an event and be sitting there because you might get discouraged because that is not the demographics that you're going after in your book. Yeah, like you don't want to go to the romance writers retreat when you're writing suspense. Exactly. Yeah, you don't. You want to go to that effective use of time and resources and money is key because. If you have something else you want to write about, don't get discouraged based on the first one. 
hundred percent. That's great advice. Especially if I was discouraged about the turnaround, the market and everything from my first seven books, granted they were packaged together, but right. still I would not have continued writing. But right. even since then I've, I'm publishing one. I have another one published that will be published either late next year, early 2024. Oh, and then I have another book in progress or two other books in progress. The writing just continues. You just find that yeah. speaking and roll with it. You get it, you get in a rhythm or yeah. a fr frame of mind or I'm not sure what you call it. But yeah, you, but just, just like you, you, you had an idea for a story and it just, you hadn't written a story before, but then all of a sudden, boom, you had the idea. Now I tell a lot of them. Did it. I tell yeah, a lot well, of them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling, right? I was like, so I was like, you should write a book. I did. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to get a trench coat and carry him in there and say, what, anybody want a book? Hard, hard cover, soft cover, who wants a book? Yeah. Doug, it's been great. So tell us again the title and where we can get it and where people can reach out to you to learn more about you, all your social media sites. So let's hear this. Yeah. So again, Life Between Seconds, and it's available wherever books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Sweet. Target, again, Target. All right. And it comes out November 15th. I am most active on LinkedIn and Instagram at Douglas Weissman. So you can find me there. If you type in Douglas Weissman Travel Writer on LinkedIn, easily find me. And I will tell you that how we connected is through LinkedIn. Yeah. And if, if you've been to somewhere cool from a traveling perspective, reach out to Doug. Tell him your experience. Because I mean, you never know, he might not have been there. Yeah. So. I'm only at 48 countries, trying to get 50 before I'm 40. And I still oh, have smokes. a lot more countries I want to go to. So. That's 270 countries in the world, something like that. Yeah. I'm not interested in going to all of them, but I'm interested in going to a lot of them. Yeah, there's a couple I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. I have no I'm interest in going to Antarctica. I'm not going to North Korea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you probably shouldn't, given your experience. <laughs> I probably, given my experience, would wander <laughs> over the border on accident because that's just what happens to me sometimes. <laughs> I've seen that happen in East Germany, West Germany, so we, that's another story. <laughs> that's great. Doug, I want to thank you for taking the time today to be part of Author Eke. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the book. I love reading about your little travel stories too on LinkedIn when you start talking I about stuff. That. This helps, I think cool. it helps people think. That's the hope, right? I'm trying to spark yeah. that idea and give yeah. people the how, not just the what. Exactly, exactly. Again, thank you very much and the most success. And again, you get that book in Target. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. Bye.